And, 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 you know, and that, man, they were dancing. And, well, I got to tell you something, you know, uh, when, when you realize that you've been uh, totally radically set free and that you're no longer hell bound, uh, uh, you know, I'm, uh, man, that'll set your feet to dancing, okay? And, and, and praising God, yeah, man, I got to tell you something, my spirit gives the glory to God. Yeah, but, but what about your soul? See, what about your emotional health? See, look, because let me just tell you why you have a hard time uh, celebrating anybody except you. Because you're not whole in your soul. See, you, don't, you don't worship freely because of what people are thinking about you. During worship, think about it. You're thinking about you. Worship means to rivet your eyes or attention on someone or something, to sit at a dog's feet even as a dog sits at his master's feet, licking his master's hand. It's not about you. But yet your, your, head's, your head's focused on you. Well, yeah, but, but I, I didn't grow up in a Pentecostal church. No, you grew up in bondage somewhere. And God actually wants you whole. Right? Spirit, soul, and body. Right? He, he wants you dancing. That's your body. He, he wants to heal. You know, and what's crazy is that we're, we're all up into the healing thing, man. We have a healing service, and just right now, just place your hand where it's hurting, and Jesus is going to touch you, and you're going to get a physical healing. That's awesome. And giving, you know, dancing, leaping, giving, giving glory to God. That's the spirit, man. Man, and you, I got to tell you something. You get born again of that spirit. You're whole. But how about that soul thing? See, how do I know when, when, when there's wholeness in my soul? Well, you, you're just not ashamed. You, you're, no, you're, you're no longer, you know, contained. You, there's, there's no restraint on you. Now, I'm not talking about running all over the room or flopping on the floor, but, 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 but how about just being free, and how about being happy, and how, how, about, how about being, uh, you know, free enough to celebrate the greatness of God? And I mean to, to, to honor the Lord in, in a way that, that, not that pleases you, but in a way that pleases Him. You know, you really haven't honored somebody until the one that you intend to honor feels honored. You know, this weekend, you know, hey, you're going to honor your mama? You should do it in a way that makes her feel honored. I don't know that she's going to feel honored because you bought a bunch of groceries and you want her to cook them. <laughs> you know, we, we decided to honor you, mom, and we, we bought you a used Kirby vacuum cleaner to help you out around the house. Now, I don't know that that's the way that she's going to feel. I don't know. But I do know this, that... that uh, you know, when you start getting whole in your soul, that, that honoring and doing it God's way is not a problem for you. And, and, and can I just tell you something? That in, in this culture, it, and, and I'm not talking about because uh, the young people, okay? Uh, Stephen and I were talking this week, and I was talking about the cultural differences, and he's like, well, just because we're young. I'm like, dude, it ain't got, it ain't got nothing to do with that. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just saying, hey, it, our modern society... See, uh, traditional society uh, celebrated a culture that was based on honor, and honor was determined by uh, your ability to fulfill your role in society. Are you a good citizen? Are you a good father? Are you a good mother? Are you a good teacher? Are you, you know, and, you, and you fulfill your role. But in modern society, it's very, very individualistic. And it's not based on a social system. It's based on an individualistic system which promotes, uh, you know, success and individual achievement. 
And you know, uh, what you have to what you have to what you have to understand is that what you honor is is what's attracted to your life, and 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 uh, what we honor as a nation is what we will attract as a nation. Uh, you know, it, it's be, you know we don't honor integrity, we don't honor character, we don't honor those things as much as we honor skills. That's that's why a teacher makes what's a teacher make um, thirty five thousand a year, and a pitcher makes thirty five thousand a pitch. Because we give more honor to his skill than we do her ability to instruct. And, and, and as a believer, as a Christian, uh, we, we have to start asking God what, what we should honor and how to honor. Proverbs 3, he said, it says, honor the Lord with your substance. Oh, well, that's how you honor everything. That, that's, that's why that pitcher's getting 35 grand a pitch. And why the teacher's getting 35 grand a year is because that's how you show honor. Tonight, we're going to take a minute, and we're going to respond to God. And you look around, and, and, you, and, and you see what God has done for us. And the place that we are. You know, I mean, th- hey, look where we came from. You know, we, we, we were in a room in a Hispanic church in Pasco. And then we were in, you know, on Clearwater, drive by there. Matter of fact, walk in and go through the building one time. It'll bring some revelation to your life. And look at what God has done. We need to respond to that. We, we, don't, need, we don't need to sit back and, 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 uh, uh, and just act like, and, and let me tell you something, you know, uh, you, you need to participate in it. I think it's interesting, you know, dude, I, I got news for you. If uh, he's just trying to get our money, okay, listen to me. You you just keep your money. But I, I think it's interesting that 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 our group is uh, you know and, and you know I don't know maybe I'm not supposed to say stuff like this maybe I'm not supposed to tell you the truth. But I I think it's crazy that our that that we've given uh, this year that that our giving is the lowest it's been in five years. I don't, I, and, and then I'm watching people, and they're struggling. They're working two or three jobs, and, 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 they're, and they're doing everything they can to, to attract something. Well, it's because you're not responding to God. Yeah, I want you to win. I want you to win. If this irritates you, we'll go to a different church. We need your seat anyways. I mean, we're going to change the world. I said, we're going to change the world. But first, I guess we got to change our attitude. <laughs> I wish you could see yourself right now. Well, I don't know whether to say amen or oh me or oh my God. Uh, how about get your checkbook out? How about get ready to give? How about get ready to respond to God and thank him for his greatness? Thank him for his goodness. Thank him for positioning us to change the world. Thank him. Let's pray. I'm going to participate. I'm going to honor the Lord with my substance. With the first fruit of all my increase. He's going to open up barns. He's doing what he's doing, what he said he'd do. But I need to honor him. And every chance I get to say thank you, and, and every chance we get to sing about his goodness, and every chance, man, I, don't, I, I want to be whole in my soul, the way I think, the way I feel, the way I make my choices. I, I want my emotions made whole. I don't want to be intimidated by, you know, think about it. If you can't celebrate God in here, trust me, you ain't living for him out there. So you might as well get healthy. Amen? Amen. You all right? 
Amen. I'll let you get your free ice cream cone in a minute. Let's pray. Get your offering ready. Ushers, get ready. We're going to receive the offering. Get ready. And Father, tonight we just thank you because you have done great things. God, you have done great things. And we, we want our response to you to be great. And God, we, we thank you because right now there's just opportunities coming at us. And God, uh, the day of hope, and we're going to impact thousands of people in our city. Uh, God, we just thank you that, that we get to feed hundreds of families every month, that we get to, uh, we get to touch families every week at the school. We, we get opportunities to, to do great things for you. And, and this, this building that we're in, we thank you, God, but we know that it's not the end of your plan. It's the, it was just the next step. And God, we're not done with the trip yet. So we're, we're going to engage and we're going to increase, uh, uh, we're going to increase our, our uh, life because of what you're doing. So Father, we just, we accept it, we receive it, and we respond to your purpose and your plan. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Come on, give God a hand. Thank you for the opportunity to give. Go ahead, guys. Amen. I, I don't like it when he talks to us that way. Tough. Amen. Moms, we love you. We're glad you're here. And, uh, uh, and, and I just, I just want to talk for a few minutes tonight and, and, uh, uh, and, and then release you to go celebrate your mama. And, and uh, uh, find, man, I've got to tell you something. Last year, just before Mother's Day, my mom went to be with Jesus. And so coming to, to a weekend that's to celebrate Mother's Day has kind of had me thinking about moms. And I'm not going to preach all, you know, this whole thing's not just about motherhood because, like, I wouldn't know what to say about that. But I can tell you this much is that, that I know that God has a special place uh, in his heart for moms, and I know that he wants to bless mothers. Amen? And so, uh, moms, you, you, you're going to have to like, really be alert to catch the motherhood part of this message. Because, you know, that's not normally how I roll. But, uh, uh, but, but I want you to succeed, and I want you to win. And, and, and as a mother, man, I'm going to tell you something. You know, I, I watch how Shelby rolls and how she ministers life every day and, and uh, constant care to the kids. And I'm thinking, dude, just leave them alone. Man, if they need it that bad, they can get it and get it themselves. You know, uh, they, 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 they have spent years training her. And she's a good mother and you guys better celebrate the tar out of your mother because i tell you what i do at 4 a.m i tell you what i still do at 4 a.m i just say let the sucker sleep i'm not getting up to make sure he's okay she got up this morning and nobody had to get up she was up at 4 a.m making sure all the boys including me are taken care of dude I'm not going to pretend to understand the, the heart or the mindset of a mother. But I'll tell you what, man, I'm sure glad God gave them to us. Amen? I, th- I think we ought to give moms one more hand, and I think you ought to clap. Amen. Yeah. Come on. Thank you, mama. Thank you, mom. Amen. Everybody say, moms rock. Amen. You can be seated. Check it out, 2 Kings 5.1. Let's just jump in here just for a minute. 2 Kings 5.1. It's going to talk about a, a dude that, uh, his name's Nahum, Naaman, and uh, he was a commander of the army of Syria. 
And he was a great guy. He was an honorable guy. Uh, he, he, was, uh, he was a tool used by God to bring punishment on God's people. This guy, this guy I mean, he was used by God. He was a mighty man of valor. Uh, look at it. He's the commander uh, of the king. He was great and honored, honorable man, uh, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was a mighty man of valor. But... But he was also a leper. He, he, he was popular. He was positioned. He was powerful. But he was a walking dead guy. You know, uh, leprosy, if you know anything about it, it ain't no fun, man. And even though people like you and people are voting for you, ain't going to get real close to you because it's also contagious. And, uh, uh, they, 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 you know, the, this guy's life, he, he was positioned, man. And, and, uh, and I mean, it was, it was crazy. He was honored in the eyes of his master. He, he was popular. He was smart. He was talented. Uh, but he, he couldn't be embraced. He was separated. He was really, really well-liked. But he had some issues. You know, uh, a reporter was interviewing Madonna, and I just want to read you her, uh, some of her response. She said, uh, I have an iron will, and all of my will has always been to conquer a horrible feeling of inadequacy. I push and push and push, and I, and I push past it. And I get past one swell of it to discover myself as a special human being and then enter another stage and see myself as mediocre and uninteresting. And it happens again and again. My drive in life is from a horrible fear of being mediocre. That's always pushing me, pushing me. Because even though I become somebody, I still have to prove I'm somebody. For Madonna, success and achievement is like a drug. It's where she gets her sense of worth. She gets to that high, but it quickly fades, and so she has to repeat the dose. And the driving force in her life, it's not a motivation of joy, but it's a motivation of fear because she's afraid. She, she said that my drive in life is from a horrible fear that I'm not going to measure up, that I'm not going to be good enough, that, I, that, I, that I'm not going to be at the top of my game, that somebody else is going to be more interesting than I am. And achievement, achievement, and, and listen to me, it, it's kind of like the alcohol of our day. Really good people aren't abusing themselves with alcohol, they, they, you know, they, but they're, they're abusing their lives trying to achieve more. You know, uh, if they can achieve a lot, if they can succeed, uh, then good things will happen. How many know that good things are good? You complete a project, dude, it feels good. But the feeling doesn't last very long. So now you got to go at it again, working on a big deal. And, and, and you're pumping all of your time and all of your effort and all of your energy into this big deal. And the, and the problem is, is that your ego's tied to that. And, and when the deal doesn't go through or, or, or it fades, you're broken and, and you're disconnected and, and you're defeated. And you might even go on to, to, to accomplish greater things than that ever was, but it, because of 
your self-worth being tied to that, it's never quite high enough because you, 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 you know, it just doesn't last. It's breaking you down. And it never, listen, addiction addicts, listen. Uh, you, 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 you got, you know, an addict, man, I, I'm going to tell you something. A lot of us are achievement addicts. And, uh, and it's just no addiction can answer the big questions in life. Who am I? What is my true worth? How do I really face death? You know, it, it, we get a short-term rush, a sense of happiness that causes us to believe, wow, we're, you know, we're on top. We've arrived. I'm accepted. I'm included. I've been proven. But then it fades. And, we, and you know what we end up doing? We, we end up having to deal with this idolatry in our life. And it's the idolatry of success. And more than any other idol, more than any other one of these issues that we have to deal with. And, and by the way, idolatry is the biggest sin talked about in the Bible. And if you think you don't have, you might not have a carving sitting on the dashboard of the Chevy. But I'm telling you, you got stuff in your heart that serves as idols. And we, we, we have to be willing to, uh, you know what, we have to be willing to look at it, and we have to be willing to deal with it, and we have to admit it, because you can't quit it if you're not willing to admit it, so you've got to be able to admit it. And we also know that, hey, how many of you know that God's plan is to prosper you? Right? Right? Jeremiah 29, 11, God's plan is to prosper you. What is Satan's strategy? To sabotage God's plan. Right? So he's going to do everything he can to, to break up the plan that God has for your life. But man, we got some great scriptures, don't we? Luke 1, what's it say? No word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. That's a great word. But how about Proverbs uh, 28, 13? It says nobody is going to prosper if they're willing to cover their sin. Right? Proverbs 28, 13 says anybody who, who conceals their sin will not prosper. Well, that's a word from God. That one's not going to fail either. So if you keep hiding your sin, if you keep justifying the idolatry in your life, guess what? You're not going to prosper. Not because the devil's mean, but because, well, we're kind of stupid. Because it doesn't say if you, if, you know, if you struggle with sin. It doesn't even say, hey, if you're sinning, you can't prosper. It says if you hide it. If you conceal it, you're, you're not going to, so you got to get it out in the open, right? Well, tonight we're going to look at this one for just a minute, and it's just the idolatry of success. And, and more than any other personal success achievement, it leads to a sense that we ourselves, we are the gods. Our security, our success rests in our wisdom, our strength, and our performance. To be at the top, uh, to be the best, means that nobody, nobody is quite like you. You are the one. You are the provider. You're the breadwinner. You, you are the man. You are the woman. You are on top. You know what? You got to watch it because uh, uh, th this, this form of idolatry, you know what it does? It brings a false sense of security. And uh, it, we get to thinking that if we, if we do more, if we work more, if we accomplish more, that we're better. Can I tell you why? Can I tell you something? Uh, uh, how come all this stuff's happening? Is it, it's because we're good people. No, it's because God's good. But we, we should, you know what? God wants you to win. God wants you to achieve. God, God wants you to prosper. But you've got to understand something. That, uh, uh, in Deuteronomy, he says, it is God who gives you the 
power to obtain wealth. It ain't about you. You don't get to celebrate you. You got to be celebrating him. Well, if I work harder, uh, I'll be a better provider. <laughs> Dude, obviously that makes sense, but the reality is, is that he's the provider. He's Jehovah Jireh. At best, you're Jireh Jr. Okay, at best. But you can't, you, you can't lure yourself into a false sense of uh, security that, that if I do more, if I earn more, if I achieve more, if I accomplish more, we'll all be safe. You know what's crazy is that it, it, it ends up, it ends up uh, idolatry, study it in the Bible, it always talks about how the idolatry, every form of it will eventually cause your mind to kind of slide. You, you'll be blinded. It'll, it'll blind you. And, and, and here's, here's some of the thoughts that'll come. Uh, and, and maybe if you had these thoughts, you, you should stop and say, okay, God, uh, I need to deal with this in my life real quick. You need to help me. Because I'm telling you, the enemy can't keep you from prospering, but he can keep you from, get, from turning the light on, right? He can keep you from getting real. And, and uh, you know, well, life isn't supposed to be like this. You know, that's a thought that, that, that comes from a, a, a false sense of security, it's not, it's not supposed to be like, here, here's a thought, here's a thought that maybe some of you have had that you need to stop and check yourself. Maybe, maybe you've had this thought, you know, that it's so frustrating because I, I really don't think that bad things should be happening to good people. Why do bad things happen to good people? That's not right. Uh, Romans says, there is none righteous, no, not one. So you're under the impression that if you worked more, if you gave a bigger offering, if, 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 you, if you prayed more, if, if, if you, you know, that you'd be better, and because you're better, that you could put God into debt. And that he'd owe you an easy life. It's really funny, because I've got a lot of friends in Nepal. And, you know, Nepal's tore up. And, uh, you know, the earthquakes there, and uh, Smithwick, he had the team on the ground during the earthquake. And Pastor Raju, and he's got the gals there that we uh, purchased and brought out of uh, the sex slave trades and all of that stuff, and they're going. And, and you know what's weird is that th- these, these things, these statements, they never come from those people. But people who live in a, it, where, where there's a great wealth and great blessings on their life and we start thinking that well we should you know that's not right we don't we don't deserve that that should be happening to us that's a false sense of security and what you've done is you've kind of deified your achievement and you expect your success to keep you from any trouble in life in a way really in a way you take your achievement and your accomplishment and you put it at the same level as god Because God's the one that helps me in my trouble. David said, in my trouble, I cried out. And you heard me. Hmm. You know, Naaman, he was positioned, he was powerful, he was popular, but he was dying. And he needed He needed something, man. 
he, he needed help. And, and uh, uh, he, he was an achievement junkie. He was a guy that looked at all that he did. And, and you, you know, just because of time, man, you're going to have to go read this chat. Well, let's, let's, let's buzz through a few verses. Check it out. Uh, five, verse two, uh, uh, five, two. The Syrians had gone out in raids and they brought back a captive young girl from the land of Israel, which, by the way, uh, you know, Naaman's wife's her, her servant. You know, how did she get there? Because Naaman took her family and killed them and burned their village and brought her back. And she was probably raped and abused. And she's now serving in his house. And look at what she says in verse 3. She said, you know, uh, to her mistress, if the master were, uh, were with the prophet who's in Samaria, if, she, if he'd go see the prophet, he'd heal him. You know what? If I was her, if I was that gal and he had ru- ruined my life and killed my family, I'd stand there and say, this is exactly what you deserve, sucker. This, this is this is the judgment of God on you, and I, I I can see I can see your flesh falling off, and your eyes are are are, are there's a kind of bunch of pus coming out of your eyes, and I hope it hurts. But she said, you know what? If you go see the prophet in Israel, you could be healed. I think she's the most. I think that's the most crazy part of the story. That she, she operated in, in a level of grace and forgiveness. You and I should learn something from, but we don't have time. Okay, next verse. And Naaman went in and uh, told his master, saying, uh, thus and thus, said to the girl who's from the land of Israel, moving along, here we go. And, and the king, uh, he said, go, and I'm going to send a letter. And he departed, look with it. He's got 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, 10 changes of clothes. He's not only taking money, he's taking watches, he's taking suits, he's going to set this dude up. Check it out. And, and, and he brought the letter to the king of Israel, and he said, uh, be advised when this letter comes to you that I have sent Naaman, my servant, to you, that you may heal him of his leprosy. And verse 6, he said, and it happened that when the king of Israel read the letter, that he tore his clothes and said, am I a God to kill and make alive? This man sends a man to me to heal him of his leprosy. Please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. And because, and, 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 you know, the, their systems were well. They're under the impression that we're going to buy this thing. See, we've earned this thing. We've worked hard. We've brought big gifts. We're, we're going we're gonna to earn something. And, and, but, uh, the, but the man of God, he heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes and he sent uh, uh, to the king saying, don't worry about it. Let him come to me, and he'll know that there's a prophet in the land. In the next verse, he said, Naaman went to his horses and chariot, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house, and Elisha sent his messenger to him. He didn't even get up out of his chair. He just sent the messenger. And you want to you you talk about messing with Naaman's mindset? I can't believe you didn't come see me. Well, it's, we sent somebody. I deserve more than that. We sent somebody. Here's a prophet. He said, told the messenger, go tell him. And he said, go wash in the Jordan seven times. Your flesh is going to be restored. You're going to be clean. You shall be clean. All you got to do, go get down to the Jordan, dip seven times. Check it out. And and, uh, Naaman got ticked. He said, I said to myself, he will surely come out to me, stand, call on the name of the Lord his God, and wave his hand over the place. He was looking for a show. He's going to come out and, here, let me wave my hand over you. Let's get dramatic. Let's produce something that will put God in debt. Heal this. Look at verse 12. The rivers where I come from, they're better than this. Let me tell you what. I know how to make this stuff happen. And 
And if you just read, if you just keep reading, well, let's just go. He, he left, he's mad. His servants come, they're speaking to him, and they said, hey, if he had told you to do something great, wouldn't you have done it? How much more when he says, wash? Let me tell you something. God's not looking for performance. He's looking for purity. He just wants you to wash. Yeah, but the waters where we're at are better. No, listen. You think that there's a better way. There's a way that seemeth right to you, but the ends thereof aren't going to work out real well. Let, let me talk to the moms for just a minute. Because you know what you want? You, you know what you want? You, you, I know what you want. You're a mama. I know what you want. I, you, what you want for your kids. You want the best. Well, then do it his way. Not your way. Because you don't really need to get your kids involved in one more sporting activity. Well, they need that social thing. No, they need Jesus. Yep. You just need to do it God's way. You know, they, they really don't need you to do everything for them. They need you to, to pray. They need you. To, you know, the best thing, Mom, you can do for your kids is love their daddy. Well, their daddy's a jerk. <laughs> That's why this is going to be amazing. Signs and wonders. Well, their dad's out of the picture. Well, then the Lord's become your husband. I'm telling you, the best thing you can do for your kids is love God. But I, I'm trying to get this to happen. No, just do it his way. I'm, I'm telling you, just do it his way. Just do it his way. Let, let him be the one. Let him be your strength. Let him be your peace. Let him be your hope. Come on, you guys. You, you, come on, men. You, uh, I, I want to be the provider. Well, that's not your job. He's the provider. So I, I don't care if you get six jobs. You ain't ever going to have enough until he's the guy getting the credit for your success. You can work yourself to death. You know what I find hilarious is people that don't have time for church because they're working nine jobs. So you don't, you don't have time to honor God. How's that working for you? And, you know, it's crazy because we're here tonight, so obviously it's not us. So make sure to send this tape to them, okay? Uh, you know, but here's the deal. Don't do life your way. You know, I look, at, I look at the great things that God's doing. I look at the insane opportunities that God's opened up for us. I, I, I look at all of this stuff that, that, that's sitting right here and that God has brought us to. And, 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 and it's not because we're gifted. It's, it's not because we're nice. It's not because... It's, it's, Hey, let me tell you why. It's because he's good. He's good. 
And he's got a plan. And he just needs, he just needs you to, to you, know, you know, what do I do? How about just do what he said? Just obey him. Just get clean. Spirit, soul, and body. Get healed physically. If you're, in, if you're in Christ, you're already healed spiritually. Now get healed emotionally. Let, let, let God minister to all of you so that you can walk in wholeness. And when you're going through a season and it's tough and we don't have enough and, and, and we are struggling, quit looking elsewhere, but look to God. I'm telling you, look to God. He's going to bring provision. He's going to bring peace. He's going to bring wisdom. He's going to bring hope. He's going to bring life. He's going to bring joy. He's going to bring strength. He's going to open doors that nobody can close. He's going to position you. Come on. Let's look to God. God's plan is to prosper you. Quit hiding the fact that you're looking to something else to make your living. Look to God. Let Him be your source. Let Him supply your need. Come on, give Jesus a hand enough. Hallelujah. And I, I tell you, more, more than anything else, more than anything else, God, I hope you know this. We want you to win. You can be seated. We're going to pray and then we're going to go. But listen to me. We want you to win. <laughs>